Hey, it's Monday, May 18th. It's Gavin. It's 9.03 in the a.m. I'm up in Mammoth Lakes, California, and it's May, but it's snowing, uh, which is crazy. And we're doing our Toronto, London update with Mary Ellen and Edith. Welcome, Edith. Hi. Welcome, Mary Ellen from Toronto. Hello. All right. There's 4.7 million total confirmed cases around the world, according to the Johns Hopkins University uh, database thing that I've been using for this since beginning of March. There are 315,000 deaths. And on the positive side, there is 1.7 million people who have recovered. Um, so I want to find out what's going on. It's been a couple of weeks since we've talked to uh, Edith and Mary Ellen. So I just wanted to catch up with you guys. Let's start with London first. Um, and I, I guess I should just start off by saying I've been reading the this morning. I read um, the Toronto newspapers, uh, I guess not really newspapers, but online uh, news. And I read the London online news. And you know what really shocked me? <laughs> There's mm-hmm. almost nothing about COVID. Like, really, honestly, they're not talking about it anymore. So let's talk about, you know, the the news capital of the world where it sort of all took off, which is London. Edith, w- w- what's the what's happening? Are you guys allowed out? Do you have to wear masks? What's happening on the ground? Well, the papers have still got a, quite a bit of this here. Uh, we have Since one week ago, well, sort of one week, people have gone back to work. They were went to some people went back to work, the construction people and other people who were allowed to go back to work to offices as of last Wednesday. Mm -hmm. The prime minister said, don't take the tube, don't take the bus, drive, which, of course, created traffic jams. (laughs) So... Did they now? Did they turn off now? It, many people may not know, but in London, there's this ring system of um, it's called a congestion charge. Have they just wiped that away and said there won't be any congestion charge? Or right now, there's no congestion charge. So that must yes, mean it just, it, you're just getting overwhelmed with you know cars. Do you really well, notice it on cars. the street? I mean, you're a bike rider. Do you really notice it on the street? Yeah, I was out uh, one day last week, and you could really tell the difference. Yes. So people will go in their cars. They won't. They. I mean, some people have to take the tube, have to take the bus. They have no choice. The tubes were a bit jammed. Uh, people are worried about that. But yeah, most people are in the car, in their cars. And interestingly enough, my upstairs neighbors, they're French and they're lawyers, and one of them works for Accenture, which is a big consulting company. And she's basically been uh, told that she can work from home until January 2021. What? Wow. Well, I was talking to someone in Australia yesterday and they were saying that, you know, there is a good chance and it's just rumor that there may may not be allowed anyone in and out of Australia until 2022. They're not even talking about tourism. 2021 is absolutely going to happen, most likely. Qantas is not even looking at flying. Um, So but let me just uh, go back one step. And are people wearing masks? It is a is it a masks thing like everyone has to have a mask on? It's been recommended that you wear the masks uh, when you're on the public transportation. Uh, after that, it's your choice. But there are probably, it's probably a few more people. But generally speaking, the weather's beautiful. People are walking. People do distance themselves. If you're walking, you know, you walk around. I was sitting in the park in the back of my house, and people are definitely more than two meters away. People are respecting this. So it's not a mask culture except on public transit. So, um, and my last question before I go over to Mary Ellen is that how is like, how are people like, what, what's the mood? Are people now coming out of it and saying, okay, we, we, we've got this, we got to keep going and, and, and we just got to get back to normal and it's just a matter of time or are are people upset and angry like they are here in the U S um, give me an indication of, of what the mood is. No, I think the government here has given money to people who had 
you know, freelance jobs. So, and then mortgages and rents have been put aside briefly. So they financially have helped many people and many businesses to sort of get past this point. Mm -hmm. And now I think, I think what you're really noticing is that people sort of know that it won't go back to normal. The pubs will open again, but there'll be huge distances. Well, there'll be two meters, but the pubs have asked for one meter, you know, but you're going to have to wait in line if it's too busy. I mean, they, I think that there's a real sense of, we know we're not going to live the way we used to. Really? At least for, and, yeah, and there's a vaccine. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Um, let's, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but um, let's move <clears> over to Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen, how are things in Canada and Toronto? Where are you guys at in this, uh, the rollout of getting back to in quotes normal? Um, I think we're watching the numbers really carefully. I, I, I just checked them this morning, and uh, you know, Canada now has just over seventy-seven thousand cases. But what's interesting is looking at Ontario, the number of new cases every day has been hovering around three forty, three fifty, so three hundred and forty, three hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. And so, and if there's a chart I saw last week where we're on the downside of like the curve, but we're not sort of there yet. So. A few things were opened up in the sense that construction workers went back to work. And if you have a door that exits like from your business onto the street, you can uh, open your business back up. But of course, you still have to be super careful and only have so many people in at a time. Um, the interesting thing is uh, hair salons are still not open. You know, um, I think, oh, yeah, last week, if you were a cleaning person, you could go and start cleaning. But I don't know how many people are bringing those people in yet. So it's just really slowly opening up. And a lot of people, I think, are a little reticent because it would make a little more sense to open it up completely if you were New Brunswick, which has had or PEI, which have had zero cases for new cases per day for more than a week um so yeah. it's it's an experiment and they're doing it slowly and to be honest everyone's eyes are still on quebec where the number of new cases are double ours and they're opening up much faster than we are so it's quite interesting why is why is it double is it because they're opening up no um it was always just much higher and quebec decided that even though the numbers of daily cases were higher they decided they would start opening up so in quebec uh, my understanding if i remember correctly is the schools opened up uh last week Mm -hmm. i'm not sure you know how that's we haven't heard much about how that's going it's still a bit of a work in progress where schools here are still closed and one of the interesting things is a number of different universities have said um, we're not opening in the fall Um, everything will be remote, um, which is interesting. I have a friend whose son goes to Queens, and Queens hasn't decided what they're going to do yet, but they had to drive down and pick up the keys to the house that they've rented for next year. So what happens when everything's remote and, you know, will will their son still move down to, you know, go to school and live in the house but do everything remote? So there's it's still, as as Mm -hmm. Edith was saying, the... People are talking a lot about the new normal, which I find interesting because, you know, life, what, what's normal? How do we define normal? And life <laughs> normal life was just, we could do whatever we wanted whenever we wanted. Yeah. But we really couldn't, though. I mean, when you think about the normal, like there's lots of things we couldn't do. But I think that yeah, this... but you could fly anywhere you wanted in the world. You can't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, right in, not, in the UK, in England, you cannot go to Scotland and you can't go to Wales. I know in Australia, same thing. I mean, and we're hearing in Canada. I think Canada. Can you go between the provinces, Mary Ellen? 
Yes, you can now. Uh, there's, uh, I was talking to another friend who told me about a friend of theirs that drove from Toronto down to their summer place in Newfoundland. And um, people are sharing, you know, which motels to stay at or hotels. Um, there's one particular one in Edmonston, New Brunswick, which is becoming like one of the stop points because this particular hotel is very clean and everyone trusts it so far. So they're, you know, sharing that. So you can, but you have to, at certain provinces... Going into New Brunswick, there's a checkpoint, from what I understand, and people ask you a lot of questions, and they take down your information, especially in New Brunswick. They want to make sure that you're not, you know, where are you going? And then they check up to see where you went. Oh, wow. Um, so they're so, actually tracking people? Yeah, you know, inform. It's not there's not that many people traveling, so it's not like a big uh, push. The interesting thing that happened this week, too, is that uh, this is the May 24th, uh, mm -hmm. Victoria, day-long weekend, a long, you know, hiatus of Victoria. And uh, so a lot of people went to their cottages, but one of the things that there would have been a lot of day trips up to cottage country, and that's not really happening this year. Oh. A lot of the small towns and counties are saying, look, if you own a place, you can come, but all those you know, hundreds of people that would have just driven up to Sutton or to the Muskoka for a day and come back, they're like, no, no, don't do that. You, if you, unless you have a place to go, don't come. And, and part of the reason is there's a lot of things still closed. So, you know, where are you going to? The yeah. marinas are still opening gradually. It's, it's still not back to normal by any means. And in Canada, so is, is there, um, is that mask culture? Like, is it, it is, are you required masks to go into um, anything that's open? Uh, Cause up here in Mammoth, I could just tell you guys that when you go into any store or anything inside, you must wear a mask, like even the post office or anything. Like I've been here for, um, you know, uh, almost about a week and uh, you know, we're fixing some stuff at our condo, but the, the, you know, anywhere I go, they're saying you must wear a mask. Is, is it, it, but in, when I talked to my friend in Australia, he was like, nope, no, we've never had any masks. And he, in California, it's like almost required. So what's happening in Canada? Do they require masks? Well, I, I can only really speak for my, there's a, sorry, actually, nationally, there was a bit of a debate that in the early days, they were saying, no, don't wear a mask. And now the federal health is shifting and saying, yes, it would actually help, even if it was a homemade mask, if everybody wore a mask, then you would cut down on, you know, uh, at least droplet spread. What's interesting is Longo's, which is a big super chain, they announced that um, you have to wear a mask. TNT, which is an Asian supermarket chain, um, and the CEO, Tina Lee, came out this week and said, yes, you have to wear masks in, in our supermarket chain. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest ones, though, Loblaws, hasn't uh, said that yet. And I often wonder if it's because people are having trouble sourcing masks. Mm -hmm. And so until, you know, so, for example, when I go up to the Danforth, which I've talked about before, busy, busy street, I would say about 20% of the people have masks. We were up there yesterday going to shoppers and we didn't wear a mask. We were walking through the, you know, back neighborhoods. We popped out onto the Danforth and put on our mask and gloves, it's so, it's went just... into shoppers and came out, took off the gloves, took off the mask and then walked all the back streets home. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a little crazy out there because it just there, as I talk to people around the world, there seems to be no consensus. And I think that this mm -hmm. is the interesting thing that's happening is that there doesn't seem to be anyone that is like everyone's doing everything differently and yet in where you are in California I mean it's 
you know, the people are freaking out and, you know, like, and, and yet I talk to people in Australia. I'm like, you're not wearing masks. No, no, it's legislated here in California. We've got doctors. So it's very interesting to see how with, you know, when you look at Canada, only 78,000 people contracted it uh, only, well, not only, but 6,000 people have died. So 5,900. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, the 2 million that we were supposed to have die here in America have not. Um, thank, you know, thank God for us to, you know, sort of shutting down and those sorts of things. Um, but we have seen a lot of just a lot of confusion as to what and, and it seems to be and I don't know if and I want to get your take on this, but it seems to be political now politicians seem to be I, I don't want to make a mistake. So therefore, we're just going to keep it. You know, we're just going to keep this. All There's closed. no leadership, Gavin. It's very yeah. easy. There's no world leadership. 2008, the countries came together. They made a decision. They decided how they were going to deal with this, and that's what happened. There is no leadership, and I'm sorry, but that is partly because there is no American leadership, because the Americans have been the leaders on most of the major crises of the last century. So I guess the interesting thing here is that I'm trying to make sure that on all these podcasts, I'm very positive, and I want to just talk Mm -hmm. about the positive things. And the positive Mm -hmm. side of this is that I think what's coming out and what we're starting to realize, I did a recap yesterday for, uh, because I've done 50 episodes. So my 51st episode, I did a recap. And the one thing that I have noticed is that when humans on earth need to get something done, when something is a serious threat and we've all decided it's a serious threat, we get together and make it happen. You look here in mm-hmm. America. I mean, we in, within, I believe it was under 10 days, Congress got to together, unanimously agreed to a $3 trillion, you know, uh, plan, um, you know, China and Europe and Africa and South America, everyone was able to get together and make decisions. Now, politicians have sort of taken over and we've seen what's happening in Brazil. They've got a huge problem. We saw that Sweden out of everyone went a different way and it looks like they made the right call. You see that Quebec in Canada is doing the same thing and making the right call. And there seems to, there seems to be so much, it, it, I, I really, and I want to get your take on this. I really think that in a year or two, when we look back on this, we are, there's going to be a lot of politicians out of work who made decisions where we were just like this, you, you shut down our economies when that did not need to happen. Actually, I think one of the things that's interesting is being on the border and being in Toronto and, and, you know, I read a lot of Canadian, I read British and I read American, um, you know, news sources. And I do think that from where you're sitting, it's very politicized. And I, it's unfortunate because Edith hit it on the head we require and need the U.S. to be leaders. And right now you have such a political issues going on there that it's very hard for you even to get a consensus in your own country alone, take the lead. What I find, I want to go back to your positive statement about what I find amazing is when you hear about these different vaccine trials that are moving really quickly and have doctors sharing information around the world. So in the absence Mm. of strong leadership coming from the US, people are just getting it done. And and I would, the last thing I'll say about Canada is there's very little politics happening here right now. The problem is people are making the best decisions with the information they have and there's so much we don't know yet. So they're just making a decision and, and saying, okay, I think this is the right thing to do. We'll find out if it doesn't work. And any time that somebody tries to make it political, you know, a couple of times, Andrew Scheer, who's the you know head of the opposition party for now, mm-hmm. um, everybody just says, shut up, like, stop that. 
and it just looks so bad. Right. So we don't have politics here, but we are sadly missing the U.S. leadership. And in the void of that, it's impressive to see what happens with people around the world working together on treatments, on vaccines, and on sharing information so we can make the best decisions possible. And I think what's curious from my standpoint is that we are so focused. I'm just going to pause quickly and say, Edith, can you just hold your mic up? Because it's actually hitting your um, your sweater and okay. it's making yeah. – yeah. Um, so I, I, what's interesting to me is that, you know, how localized and how political it has become, even I would argue in Canada and the, U, and the UK and America for sure. But you look at India <laughs> – like no one's talking about the fact that this has very few cases, right? Everyone was freaking out about, you yeah, know, but they're in a lockdown. Yeah, I know, but there are a billion people. So the thing for me, from my standpoint is that, is that we, we really, what we're learning from a lot of this stuff is that the, the way the data is compiled, every country's doing it differently. You know, it's the difference between Scotland and England and between Canada and the U S and how they're deciding what is a COVID patient and wasn't, what isn't. And I think I've mentioned on other podcasts here in America because of the way our insurance system and we don't have universal health care is that if you have a COVID patient and they don't go on a ventilator, you get $13,000 as a hospital. If they do go on a ventilator, 39,000. So they're pushing people to ventilators when you go on a ventilator and we, you know, the research that I've done and what we've heard is that it's significant damage to your lungs. Like it's, it's, it's something you may never recover from. So what I think is interesting is that we're, you know, how this is rolling out around the world and how, you know, like Africa, for example, very few cases right now. Is that going to blow up later? And then we've got Brazil with the, you know, the president r ripping around on jet skis. I think what's interesting for me, and I would like to throw back to you guys, and I'll start with Edith first, is that why do you think it's important for America to be the leader? Because the Amer it's, it's the American century, Gavin. Because you have been leaders. Not you personally, but the Americans have. It has been their century, whether or not it continues to be in the next, this next century i'm not sure but you have been the leaders consistently so let's go back i think we have to you know we keep talking about some countries that did and some countries that didn't and, it, and the numbers are different i really do believe that the countries when you're going to look at this the countries that did things quickly let's take little greece for example which is a country that's just been through the worst economic upheaval in 10 years they shut their doors the same time march 13th mm-hmm and they have had 149 cases. Mm -hmm. You had to shut your doors. You had to do it at the very beginning. You had to be very clear. And the way they sold it to the people in Greece was save your grandparents. Now, you know, grandparents, caught, they matter in Greece because mm -hmm. half the time they're living with the families. Yeah. We didn't, in other parts of the world, Spain, Italy, France, and the UK, we, they didn't do this quickly enough. This is the this is the bottom line. It's true in Taiwan, it's true in South Korea, it's true in all of those countries, Iceland, Denmark, all of those countries, they shut it down right away. Yeah. If you didn't shut it down right away, you ended up with the bludgeon, which is called the lockdown. But here, here's, I got two last questions as we start to wrap up here, because it's been a great uh, discussion. And it's, it's really great to get your insights from different places. 
two things. One, um, there was a recent interview because Australia and New Zealand did the same thing. And New Zealand has had very few cases and the same mm-hmm. arguably with Australia, very few cases because they basically locked their borders and said, no mm-hmm. one comes in, no one comes out and they shut it all down. The, the issue has been, and there was a great interview with the Swedish um, health minister um, uh, with an Australian um, uh, TV. And he said, I don't understand how you're going to open up. Because you're eventually going to get this. Like there, there's, there's, we don't, I don't, there was, it was a great debate back and forth. And I thought that was interesting that he would say, I have no idea how you're going to open up because eventually people are going to come in, they're going to have this and you're not going to have any immunity to it. And so that seems to be that this, this herd immunity that we have to get to around 60% or 70% of the population having been exposed. And up here in Mammoth, I can tell you a little story that people, um, that one person broke their leg, went into the, um, the, the hospital, they tested positive. They went back to the house and because um, the people all live quite close together because it's a, you know, a resort town, there were five other people in the house that all tested positive, but they were all asymptomatic, i.e. they'd either had it or didn't know they had it and had no uh, other symptoms, but yet they were put on the list as having COVID. And we all immediately think, oh my gosh, those people are going to get... The, the, the problem is... No, that but nine... there's spreaders, Gavin. There, you could get it and you might not have the same reaction of having just... No, no, I, I totally understand. And that I think was is, is, is interesting is that some people get it and, and they can be a spreader and they don't... And I think that what Sweden has done, which is like, let's just protect our old people. I think you're 100% right. But in the last minute, I'm just going to switch gears really quickly. But, and start but with... let's... Well, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Gavin. You keep talking about Sweden. The numbers in Sweden are skyrocketing so much so that Denmark has said they don't want people from Sweden coming into their country. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it is right. You have to be careful with Sweden. The one thing I think you hit on that's accurate though, and really interesting is we still don't know how many people were exposed and were completely asymptomatic. And the, the, you know, effort going on in Wuhan right now to test 11 million people. I was talking to, I won't say who, but a journalist with the CBC. And I said, why are we not doing the same thing in the greater Toronto area? We only have like 5 million people. Let's go for it. Let's figure out a test. Let's really get a handle on, as you said, how many people have had it and didn't even know they had it because then the problem becomes a lot less. And then, as you said, it's like, okay, now we know so many people had it, didn't have it. The death rates, you know, the percentage goes down. Now we have to protect our very uh, vulnerable communities, our older people in long-term care. And then and then we can make some decisions. We're still on the point now. We don't know what we don't know. And so the, yeah. the thing we're well, kind of... I would I'm argue not- that we do know what we do know. And that's what that I think is what the Sweden doctors are saying is they're saying we do know what we do know, guys, is that 99% of people either get it and don't really even know they no, have it. No, it's not true. Yeah, that's, 99%. That- that's, that, this is the top guy in Sweden was saying that 99% of people who get this don't have this issue. It's the 1%. Because right now Sweden only has 30,000 cases and 3,600 deaths, right? Well, for for, for, for 5 million Gavin? people. But there's there 6 well, million people. But that's pretty. If you look at the, the Greece has more has fewer people and they have fewer deaths. I, I totally I understand. I'm just saying is that the, the, what we're looking at is these curves. Why did we go into isolation? Why did we go into lockdown? Is to make sure that the hospitals didn't get a run on them, and that was the no, key. But, I, I, but no one. But the hospitals the are empty. So that's the because big you, problem. Is you that, know. But the other thing that I think is going to come through in time is because I'm hearing more and more about this is the people who didn't go to the hospital, people who had milder symptoms. You know what? They're still sick two or three months afterwards, mm-hmm. through, through three weeks after. They're still short of breath. Yep. It, it doesn't, you just don't get it and then it goes away. 
You no, know, no, it, it, it depends. I mean, it depends on how you as a person react to it. We've had some very healthy people who have had to, who've gotten to the point where they had to go to the hospital because they were so sick. And then we've had people that have second underlying um, conditions, yeah. just people in our network who, you know, definitely got it for sure, but only were down for a couple of days. They're, they're, they just, I think you guys are a hundred percent right when you say we just don't know enough. We don't but, know. We don't, no, we know, don't know. know. But let me just switch gears and start with Mary Ellen really quickly. What's happening in, what happened in South Korea, and this was in March. Um, I did an interview with my cousin and they have an app. And yesterday I talked to Australia and they also have an app that's been downloaded 5 million times to track people that have it. And it's an opt-in service. What's happening in Canada in terms of using the technology to track people who go to the, uh, go, go and get tested and actually are positive and then have to go directly home. That's what was happening in South Korea. If you went and got tested, you had to go directly home. Um, and if you didn't go directly home, the police came and got you. So there was, there's an example of one person who decided to go to a coffee shop and they're like, uh, uh-uh, no, you can't do that. You got to go directly home. So in Canada, what are they doing? And then I'll go to you, Edith, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, interesting enough, this is the issue that everyone's sort of talking uh, about in the sense of, you know, all the contract tracing is still pretty much done by hand. We haven't um, gotten our act together on a technology standpoint. Interestingly enough, uh, Apple and Google, as you know, announced a partnership, which, uh, you know, in order to figure out how to leverage their technology in North America, you know, the vast majority of people use either an Apple or an uh, Android phone. So that would really help. But there's, again, this is the the one thing to me is I'm all for opening up, but you better have a whole bunch of testing. You better have contract uh, contact tracing, similar to what's going on in other countries. And then you have to still make sure that people understand the new normal isn't to go have a big party. The new normal is to still, you know, keep your social distance until we know more about this. So right now, not much is happening that I've read. Okay. And on the technology side for you, Edith, what's happening in the UK? There's a trial on one of the islands. They, the problem with the, this type of thing is that you need engagement. You need people to sign up and do it, mm-hmm. uh, get on board. And I don't think that there's quite enough of them. They're quite a bit concerned about this. And um, so, it, and they don't have the tracing. So, you know what? We're not there yet. They don't. I have a friend, a friend of a friend who was ill and who wanted, who, because the government here is saying, you need a test, we'll get you a test. She called and she, they, they said, oh, sorry, we're out of tests for now. Wow. So, it, I, I mean, I think we would all agree is uh, it, that, that it seems to be that those that can test quickly um, and make yeah. sure that you either, I mean, I know that up here in Mammoth, a small town of 8,000 people, that we are having antibody tests that will start mm-hmm. next week, that you'll be able to test for antibodies. And people with secondary conditions like, you know, kidney disease or diabetes are going to get tested to make sure they have the antibodies. Um, but it, it's... It, it, it seems to be that the, the what we've learned um, is that you need to have a lot of testing yes. and it needs to be yes. quick because even the testing that they were doing here in America, apparently this 15 minute test that they're able to do is only 50% of, of accurate. So, mm. I, I mean, we're a long way to, to go. And to end, I just wanted to ask if there's a vaccine, will you guys be taking the vaccine? 
I don't think we'll be. I don't think I'll be one of the first people. I think that there will be many other people um, and <laughs> the same who, way who probably like need <laughs> who, who need it before me. I mean, they can't even do tests in this year, so I'm, I'm not, not worried about that. a vaccine. <laughs> but I, I think, Gavin, Gavin, I think the question you're asking is, would I be worried about taking the vaccine because yeah. I might become a zombie or something like that? I'm no, like, no, I just know that people that take the flu vaccine here in America, and I've heard in Canada, is worse than the actual flu that you could get. But people take it to protect themselves and there's a lot of people that i've heard that say they're not going to be able to leave their houses until there is a vaccine because they're so worried about their underlying <laughs> yes. underlying conditions now they have real underlying conditions either they've had cancer or or whatever and they're like nope i can't i have a lung condition uh i'm not going to take the risk but i just i'm just curious and sort of interrupt mary ellen because i think edith and i were, were laughing away it's like yeah no i've a lot of people want to take the vaccine they just don't want to be first oh i i, I actually I, I think I'd be like, sure, bring it on. Um, yeah. But that's, I get the flu shot every year. So oh, I'm, okay. Well, you what's know, your reaction to the flu shot? Do you have a, a worse reaction? No, nothing. Like, I mean, my arm was a little sore last year, but, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a wimp too, so I'm not a good person to But you didn't you get know, the judge. flu. Are you there? What's that? Oh, sorry, we lost you there for Mary Ellen, but you didn't get the flu. Yeah. No, not at all. In fact, I think it really, I had one of the best, seasons ever i didn't get sick at all which was fantastic so nice. yeah i i would definitely do it i don't know if i'd be part of a trial i mean i'm with you guys <laughs> there like, there's, but there's, some good, there's a, an american uh, drug company it's in the financial times today they they uh, they did it with 45 people and so far the results of eight people are that uh, they have antibodies uh, equivalent to someone who's had it Wow. Yeah, I, think, I, saw I guess that the other really the other the other issue with that is that what we've heard or what I've heard I don't know if you've ever heard the same thing is that if even if you have the antibodies you can get it again. Is that there's people that have had been exposed yeah. to it, especially many of the doctors in Wuhan, many of the doctors in Europe that were definitely exposed to it and then went out for a couple of weeks and were really sick and then came back and then got it again. Now I don't know it, how many people, uh, you know, yeah. how many how many times that happens and whether it was just their immune system was so low that they were they got a different strain. I think we're going to find that out, but I think it's yeah. it's interesting to see how this how this vaccine thing is going to roll out. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there's a vaccine before the end of this year, it'll be absolutely extraordinary. It'll be a real homage to what Mary Ellen talks about, the scientists and everybody coming together. Ladies, thank you so much for doing this. And we'll catch up in maybe a a week or a couple of weeks and see how things are rolling out. But um, I really uh, uh, appreciate your insights. Thanks for coming on. Okay. Bye.